Hello, welcome to Guides the Unmind. <laughs> you know why? I was thinking morning edition. Uh, welcome to Guides the Unknown morning edition. I'm Kristen. I'm William. And this doesn't matter to you listeners. We're not going to dwell on it, but we're recording this episode in the morning because we're, we're pre-recording for the week that I'm away on vacation. And I had the fun idea for us to wear bathrobes and have our coffee mugs, but William took the assignment the wrong way and he's wearing a scary gothic robe. You tell me to wear a robe. I put on my Sunday finest. <laughs> That's right. So everybody with the video version, enjoy. Yes. Um, all right. Well, welcome yeah. back, everybody. We're here once again to share scary stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, the show comes out every Friday on all major podcast apps and YouTube.com slash talk bomb. Yep. Um, okay. Kristen and I have each prepared long topics. Mm-hmm. Who goes first? You go first. You go first. I go first. Yep. So I have a topic that I am calling portrait ghosts okay however that's somewhat of a misnomer uh i was trying to uh, come up with a topic for the week and i was talking to Allie, my yeah. wife about uh like different things that i could do and she suggested something that i don't think it would have occurred to me in a million years that theory that when somebody takes your picture they're taking right a piece of your soul a piece of your soul yeah that's a good idea yeah so to you out there i don't know if you're familiar with the belief that aboriginal tribes hold it's the concept that a photo might steal a part of your soul i mean what are your thoughts on that as someone who has his picture taken for a living (laughs) um i guess i would have to answer your question with another question how many aboriginals do you see modeling Zoolander coming out 2002 or something like that. Whatever. He asks a good question. It's a good question. <laughs> but I was doing the research trying to figure out where does this come from? Yeah. That quote from Matilda in the movie Zoolander <laughs> uh, paints it as the aborigines. Right. Uh, aboriginals. <laughs> aboriginals? Now I don't know the real thing. <laughs> but uh, of Australia mm-hmm. who believe that. However, in the research that I've done, I've seen people pointing to uh, any number of things amish people uh native americans like it seems like nobody really has a definitive statement yeah and it might even might even be that uh some people thought it for a brief period of time and it just got blown out of proportion i wonder that i mean i think that happens with a good amount of things yeah because the thing that most people widely seem to to accept Mm -hmm. is that it was uh, some Native American tribes yeah. were concerned about having their pictures taken. Mm-hmm. But there's also tons of documented photos yeah. of of people with Native Americans. So it's like – it's not like – I mean like most things in life, you can't just generally say everybody from right. this you know, culture did this. Right. Because there's so many variations. It could also be that there is a different re- – like maybe some of them didn't like their be- picture being taken but it was for another reason. Maybe it was like – I don't know, any sort of thing, like just privacy yeah. or maybe like people were kind of using them as like weird props or something. Well, that, and I think that is interesting too because uh, some of it is privacy. Mm-hmm. I've seen people even uh, uh, today posting on um, social media and stuff saying that um, it's essentially like a, a a violation against your privacy if mm-hmm. somebody takes a picture of you. like. Leave me alone. Yeah. Like, right. There were a bunch of people who were answering questions where they were like, this is why I think people got the idea that a photograph will steal your soul. I know for sure that if I find a picture of myself on social media, I ask people to take it down because it's a violation of my privacy, uh-huh. which 
you know, maybe that's like a family function, but it almost makes uh, an argument that it's like people are just taking your picture randomly and putting yeah, it on, right. online. And then how are you finding that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, Googling picture of me. Right. Yeah. Doing the Google image search from like catfish just of yourself to see <laughs> right. if stuff is out there. That's actually I, probably not a bad idea. It's actually really not as I'm saying that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if anybody's catfishing using old Chrissy, but I guess you never know. <laughs> Definitely not old Bill. <laughs> oh, God. This is what I look like. Oh, Hello? Hello? <laughs> just over and over, they keep doing it for that result. On the phone or something, then you just hear a splash because the person threw their phone <laughs> into the ocean. <laughs> so <laughs> one of the specific rumors about this is that Crazy Horse, who was a Lakota uh, uh, war leader, he led his uh, he led to victory at the Battle of Little Bighorn. Ah. Yeah. Uh, there's a big belief that Crazy Horse refused to have his picture taken okay. for that exact reason. Mm-hmm. And as a matter of fact, there's a major controversy over um, Crazy Horse and whether or not his photograph ever was taken. Oh, that's cool. He died at the end of the 1800s. And then about 50, 60 years after his death, in the mid middle of the 20th century, like yeah. 1944, uh, a photograph of Crazy Horse started making the rounds and people were trying to sell it. And it's like not clear if that was him. No one knows who that photograph is of. And weird. it might be Crazy Horse. Yeah. But like it also might just be like, like some guy trying to make that yeah. scratch. Yeah. Old scratch. Old scratch. So that I think is where it kind of came from. I wonder if it's like – some people expressed hesitancy, mm-hmm. and then it got completely blown out of yeah, proportion. Yeah, like I wonder if it could be some other people taking pictures who are like, oh, the, or like wanting to take pictures who are like, ooh, the Native Americans are so mysterious, and then right. like ascribing this meaning to yeah. it, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's so hard to know, but like, right. yeah, I feel like you can... I get a vibe of Can't what kind of Can't you see happened. that happening? Be like, yeah. oh, they're pr- they're probably afraid that the picture is going to steal their soul. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean, this box won't hurt you. Yeah, right. Like and you're like, nobody leave, leave me alone. That. Yeah. Leave me alone. <laughs> right. Um, I also found a lot of people writing about how the word photography literally means writing with light, photo light. Graph. Yeah, right. Right. That's cool. I never thought about that before. And if people believe that their soul is a sort of light within them, right, right, and you're writing with my light. You're taking my soul. That's actually awesome. I love that. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. yeah I, I really, really love that. Um, That's so cool. Yeah. Uh, what does this mean? I will posit this. Okay. If this is true. Let's assume this is true. Okay. The soul is real. It is made of light. Right. Uh, uh, photography steals it. Right. This is episode 74 of yeah. Guide to the oh, Unknown. Oh, boy. We are devoid of soul. Yeah. Yeah. Slash. Each episode is full of our soul and is a horcrux in that's a sense. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I think we've talked about that before. How these are all like little horcruxes, kind of. Oh, sure. Yeah. I, I, this is something that I say both as a joke, but also genuinely. Yeah, totally. It. There was a period of time where, um, so we we produce shows under the the Talk Bomb mm-hmm. name. Uh, right now it's just Guide to the Unknown, but yeah. we used to have a whole slate of stuff. The mm-hmm. the original show was Will and Bobby Know Everything with uh, our friend, my old writing partner Bobby, mm-hmm. uh, Studio Rejects, Book Club, Schmook Club. Uh, we did just other stuff, Illuminati. Yeah, like videos. Yeah. Yeah, like we did like an audio drama where Kristen was yeah. the lead uh, investigating <laughs> awesome. stuff. Uh, but Talk Bomb used to be called WB2045. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I'll explain some of like the – May the, as well. Yeah, at some point. Yeah. I feel like it's going to be like a big matzo ball right now to get into because I feel like – 
that's based on Russia 2045, which is probably its own topic. That's true. See what I'm saying? That's true. Yeah. But um, one of the the sort of like jokey conceits of WB 2045 was saying that every episode that we record and upload is um, uh, recording our personalities mm-hmm. to a certain extent and putting them online so that we will live forever. Right. And as much as that's a wacky thing to say, I also genuinely yeah, believe totally. that about – most things, writing, yeah. performance, any mm-hmm. kind of like art form. Yeah. And this is high art. <laughs> Absolutely. But yeah, anything that you put some of yourself into and you're documenting. Yeah. So that's kind of permanent in a way. Depend, you know, it depends on what it is, but yeah. still, that's a little piece of you that's always going to be there. Yes. There are previous versions. Yeah. Of us online. Oh, totally. Some of them are versions I would delete. I'm about to say there's some stuff. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> that. Yeah, we Whatever. move on, we get yeah. better, yeah. <laughs> uh, and we put our worst self online occasionally. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I think, uh, uh, I, I, I like kind of genuinely believe this mm-hmm. to a certain extent. Yeah. And also, like, you remember, like, Roger Ebert, he, he lost the ability to speak. Yeah. But he, there were so many recordings of him that they were able to rebuild his voice. Right. Right. It's amazing. Yeah. We'd be set. I'm sure they're, I'm sure I'd be shocked at the number of words and like insane, yeah. disparate words all, of, all over the map that we've said. 100%. We exist yeah. in many different forms. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. Somebody could really splice our voices together of us saying terrible things. That's absolutely <laughs> true. Yeah. Um, but there is another secret reason that photography might steal your soul. And it's something that I never would have expected. The answer may surprise you. Ooh. The mirror. Okay. Cameras typically have mirrors in them. Uh-huh. Yes, there are mirrorless cameras. Digital cameras, I don't believe, have mirrors in them at all. But traditionally, uh, the light inside a camera bounces around, gets burned in the filament or whatever. I don't know how it works. I don't know. Um, but uh, they have mirrors in them. And mirrors are a big spiritual thing. Uh-huh. The information I'm about to give you comes from fengshuinexus.com. Oh, okay. Yeah, this makes sense. Um, here are some feng shui reasons why you might not want to keep a mirror in your bedroom. Mm-hmm. Number one, it brings a third party into the relationship. Uh, it's an intrusion and it might encourage infidelity. The reflection doubles the energy and luck of the people in the room. Uh-huh. Part of luck is romance. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's going to double uh, your romance energy, and therefore it might lead to infidelity. Get that mirror out of the bedroom. Oh, okay. I almost thought it was like it's dispersing it a little bit. Like if, if mirrors amplify things, but they also show like a second version of yourself, it's like that second version of yourself got that energy. It's like a dark you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you're you're kind of close. I'm gonna I'm gonna gloss over the next one. It creates insomnia. The idea is that it's bouncing energy around and it disrupts mm-hmm. the tranquility of your room. Yeah. But here's the thing about doubles and Okay. Nightmares and soul stealing from fengshuinexus.com. Some experts say that a mirror reflecting the bed brings nightmares. An explanation for this is that when we sleep at night, our soul leaves the body. Mm -hmm. When the soul sees its own reflection, it gets startled. Hence the bad dreams and nightmares. Using the same concept, others say that when the soul returns to the body, it may mistake the image in the mirror for the real body, hence the saying of soul stealing. Your mirror self is going to end up with your soul. Wow, that's cool and interesting. Huh. Yeah. There are a lot of beliefs. There there are like ancient Mayan cultures believe that uh, a mirror was a doorway to another sort of spiritual realm. Yeah. Like there's a lot of things that, that are believed about mirrors 
through folklore and different cultures historically. Yeah. Or like Alice in Wonderland, you go through the looking glass. Yeah, that's yeah. great. I mean, honestly, it's it's silly. It's one of those things I say like Ryan makes fun of me for. But anyway, like mirrors are very weird. I can I can see why like when they first started coming about yeah. that people are like, there's something up with this. Right. It's strange. That it's this flat thing that shows you the 3D world. Oh, it is. Behind you. Yeah. I, well, you know even, what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Even photography. Yes. Like I didn't really it's get insane. into it here, but it's 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 nuts. Yeah, it's completely nuts. You can point a camera to thing and then it'll just write down what it looked like. Is that crazy? That's nuts. I know. That's really nuts. Yes. Um, all right. But there's also modern psychologic phenomenon. Yeah. Uh, that, that you can experience. Try this at home, kids. Slash, we don't recommend you try this at home in case this freaks, <laughs> and, yeah. in case this freaks you out. Fengshuinexus.com. Sit in a dark room about three feet away from a mirror. I already don't want to do that. <laughs> Keep the lighting as dark as possible, but still able to see your own face. Gaze at the reflection of your face for about 10 minutes. Oh, until it starts to like get a little distorted and weird. Yeah. You'll... There's some like scrying stuff I know that uses mirrors and that kind of thing. Like, I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No, no, no. You're your good. Person. I want to hear this. Well, um, yeah, like gazing into a mirror, either at like a candle or at your own face or whatever. And then it's almost like most divination techniques. It's very much about your interpretation of it. Yeah. So like whatever shapes you start to see in a candle or whatever, like you can be like, oh, that flame, like, cause you're just staring through and kind of going into a trance or yeah. like, like looking at a magic eye. If you're like, oh, it looks like a deer, let's say you could be like, well, you could obviously probably look it up in some sort of like directory, but you could be like, oh, deers to me signify freedom. Sure. And so, you know, whatever. And same thing with your face. It's like you could be looking through your face and you notice weird things and then infer stuff from what you noticed. Yeah. I think it's, um, you, you go into a bit of a, uh, trance slash hypnosis mm -hmm. slash just having a hallucination. Yeah. Totally. Um, I mean, obviously like working in, in dim lighting, mm -hmm. I feel like, like, our eyes aren't built for living in a, a place of constant darkness. Yeah, living in the dusk. Yeah, and I think we've discussed like where fear comes from when you're, you mm -hmm. know, like you know, sleeping out in the wilderness and yeah. you have to be aware of like, you know, predators around you and stuff. I feel like this is a way of triggering triggering your mind to experience some of this like heightened awareness and fear and it just tricks your brain yeah that makes sense your eyes just can't figure out what they're seeing yeah so there was someone named uh giovanni caputo a psychologist at the university of urbino in italy um who was haunted uh when he saw another man's face in the mirror as Ugh. he did this <laughs> he saw the face of an old man when he was looking at his reflection other people began to see distortions of their face at first such as missing eyebrows or slanted lips Gradually, the face looked more and more like waxwork. Oh, God. That's like in Poltergeist. It is like in Poltergeist, yeah. And like when you're looking at yourself and you can't trust that that's you. Yes. And, yeah, I mean – I, I I thought of trying this just to for the sake of it, and I was yeah. like, not that I'm afraid that something's going to happen. I was just no, like, but it doesn't, it doesn't sound, sound pleasant. Yeah, it doesn't sound like something you feel like doing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I remember when we used to take um like long car trips when we were a kid. Sometimes you'd be like lying down on the seat or whatever, and I'd be sitting up, and I would look down at your face upside down, and it would, like totally warp reality. Yeah. To be like I'm pretending that Will's 
mouth belongs up here and his nose is there or whatever. And I'd be like, oh, my God, I couldn't remember what your face looked like normally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That rings a bell. We used to do that. Yeah. I don't know what we would call it or anything. But, yeah, one of us would lie down. The other one would look at the face and be like, ah. Oh, man. Being bored on car trips. <laughs> totally. And without phones and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Just trying to play Link's Awakening on my Game Boy by the light of passing streetlights. Wait, what was the thing one time you were listening to uh, Alapalooza on a car trip? You did something funny. I feel like you like – it's one of those memories that I actually remember, but obviously not enough. I feel like you like took the tape and you like put it out of the window so like passing cars could see what you were listening to <laughs> To or like something. show off that I was listening to Weird Al's. I kind of think so. I can picture – Alapalooza. I can picture the Alapalooza cover like against the window. That is funny. Yeah, I, uh, I've never been uh, – I think I have good taste in like movies and stuff. Although everybody thinks they have good taste, yeah, yeah. But uh, I think I think I've I've never clicked with music in a weird Me way. So my earliest albums were all Weird Al albums. <laughs> I, I used lo- to I only mean- listen to the Weird Al version of like popular songs. That's it. I mean, pretty much same. I only got spared the conversation of like, what's the first CD that you bought? Because the first CD I bought was Green Day Dookie, which is a good answer. Yeah. The first musical thing I bought was the Sister Act soundtrack on cassette, but nobody asks you that. That's very, yeah. You (laughs) know what? I got away. Like all my teen years where that would be embarrassing with telling the truth, but like not quite. That's very on brand for Chrissy. Yeah. (laughs) Sister Act cassette soundtrack. That's great. Yeah, I used to, unsurprisingly, I used to listen endlessly to uh, Weird Al mm-hmm. on cassette, um, the Scream soundtracks yep. on cassette, mm-hmm. uh, Life's River Shall Rise, <laughs> she said, and only the strong shall survive, she said. Do you know the next line? <laughs> but I'm feeling quite weak, oh she God. said. Oh my god, that's so funny! Oh yeah, it's right there. Scream two on cassette, mint oh, condition. That's I got so funny. The, the casing is cracked, and I'm, I'm genuinely annoyed that I have <laughs> something that's in mint condition, but the case is. But cracked. not quite. Yeah. Um, well, that leads me to mentioning something I was going to let slide by. I already told you yesterday, but um, I don't think there was a mirror in my room when I had a nightmare two nights ago oh, really? about Scream five being oh, out right. and it being bad. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a but there, there are no to mirrors to speak of. <sighs> I'm just so scared right now. I had a dream that Scream Five finally came out, but it I, it displeased me. <laughs> I was so bummed in the dream. Yeah, that's awesome. I know. <laughs> that's so good. I know. Um. All right. So, uh, let's move on to the actual portraiture. Yeah. Half of my topic. I called yeah. this portrait ghosts. Mm-hmm. Haven't really it gotten into a this. Picture is a portrait. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. You're right. Uh, there are obvious. Examples to point to in the world of painting and yeah. supernatural things happening. Harry Potter. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you can paint a picture of somebody and they will come to life. Mm-hmm. You can have a conversation with that person as if it is the real McCoy, even yeah. though it is but paint mm-hmm. and bristles and parchment. <laughs> Canvas. Yeah. Probably parchment. Yes. Nothing more. Mm-hmm. Keep the secrets. <laughs> um I don't know much about how those paintings are made. It occurred to me that I might yeah. want to look up like how they're put together or something. And uh-huh. I wonder In if- In Harry Potter? Yeah. I'm sure that's like supplemental material somewhere. Exactly. But I did not yeah. get into it. The one thing that I will say about it, we referenced it very recently. I think we referenced it last week, mm-hmm. uh, is that uh, while those portraits exist of those people, it's not those people. Right. And you right. can only go so far with it. It's sort of a right. superficial glance at who they are. It's like a fax. You might get some of their decision making, mm-hmm. like some of the way their reasoning would work, but 
they don't have the the They're history, like deep the memory. personality isn't in there. Yeah. yeah, and I feel like that's history is a good way to put it. They don't have their personal history, really. Yeah, and I feel like that's that's worse than if it were just a static. I image. do too. I actually don't like that. I would find it very yeah. upsetting if we had portraits of yeah, like people that we've known in life who've who've died yeah and they're not quite right and they're not quite right no the, the imperfections no matter how close it was the mm-hmm. imperfections would would drive me Be glaring. insane yeah i, I wouldn't there, want that i think there are stories of um serious black mm-hmm. this is like a really dark thing that one of the things i'm surprised about with harry potter is that there's not so far and maybe we'll get here and i'll regret wanting this uh-huh. but you know george lucas with star wars uh and star wars in general, what they've done is like you've got the the episode movies and now they've started filling in the gaps between them. Yeah. Like yeah. Rogue One was a story that was completely ancillary. We didn't need it, but it flushes out a part of the the lore there. Mm-hmm. There's a reference in Harry Potter um, where Sirius Black is talking about uh, the House of Black. Yeah. Twelve Grimald Place. Uh, yeah. I do feel like there's something there. And he's uh, got a portrait of his mom mm-hmm. in there that he can't remove from the wall. It's like instant – it's like uh, permanently yeah. fastened to the wall. Yeah. And all she does is scream about mudbloods and blood traitors and all this <laughs> right. horrible stuff. And there's some mention made of like Sirius Black living in that house alone mm-hmm. with nothing but the portrait of his mother as company. Right. And I feel like that's a very dark, um, uh, psychologically torturous yeah. position to be in. I'd be very curious to hear a story of somebody who's like haunted by a ghost that's not really a ghost. It's right. like intentionally haunting yourself. Right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I feel like there could be a like not a book there, but maybe a short story there. Yeah, I don't know if I need a whole book. Yeah, but yeah. it would be interesting to to do that. That's something that makes total sense. It doesn't feel like a shoehorned in prequel or something. Yeah, it's just, just like exactly what you said, just filling in something that just wasn't really explored. It's there if you want it. Yeah. But you don't need it. Right, totally. Yeah. Um Vigo the Carpathian from Ghostbusters 2. Of course. Death is but a doorway. Time is but a window. I'll be back. Paint is my medium. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and then uh, he, uh, they defeat Vigo the Carpathian, and his portrait turns into a portrait of the four Ghostbusters as ancient Greek, Grecian. Look, you understand how these things work. Eating great, yeah, I do. Yeah. Anyway, uh, all right, spooky paintings in real life. Yeah, have you heard of the painting that shows up in houses that have burned down? No, you haven't. No, okay. Um, this is a sort of urban legend, a modern day urban legend about a painting called the crying boy. Okay. Oh man. I don't know about this. Uh, the painting depicts a boy, uh, looking, I don't know who this would be. It's not looking at the, the photographer cause it's a painting, Yeah. but like looking, breaking the fourth wall right. style, uh, with tears rolling down his face. He's like two years old. Uh huh. Um, and it was painted by Giovanni Bergolin. And it was mass produced, widely distributed in the 1950s. Yeah. In 1985, the British tabloid The Sun reported that an Essex firefighter claimed that undamaged copies of The Crying Boy were frequently found in the remains of burned houses. I love that. That's insane. The story took off. Yeah. If you have this painting in your house, you want to get it out. Yeah. Uh, it foretells doom. Your house well, is going to burn down. Well, that's a weird painting to have in your house anyway. P.S. A crying boy looking out the frame at you? I don't know why you would want this. Right. Yeah. Um, so uh, it spread. 
people, you know, like any sort of like horror story, whatever thing, I feel like people were both kind of laughing at it while yeah. being like, eh, there were bonfires to burn copies uh-huh. of this painting on oh, wow. mass. And it all culminated. I'm surprised there were so many copies of this painting. I know. It was really like pushed out there. Uh, a British writer and comedian named Steve Punt. Mm-hmm. Good name. Investigated the painting on a BBC Radio 4 production called Punt P.I. Wow. It's like in Britain, they must have had a lot of fun with that last name. That's great. <laughs> he discovered that the prints were treated with a varnish containing fire retardant. Oh, amazing. And that the string that was holding the painting to the wall would be the first thing to burn, resulting in the painting dropping to the floor and falling flat on its face, protecting the image of the crying boy from Holy the flames crap. licking the house around it. That's crazy. What luck. There is a practical reason. Right. First of all, first of all, the rumors are true. Yeah, right. That's, yeah. Something that feels outlandish and ridiculous. A painting that shows up in burned houses yet is untouched. Right. Feels like a cursed object, whatever. (laughs) And it's a fact. Investigated and it's true. But there's a very practical reason for it. Yeah, that's amazing. However, people are quick to point out other paintings uh-huh. don't have this reputation and you have to imagine yeah that a similar circumstance happens to damn near everything well, you have hanging on your wall in a house fire. like why does this painting have this flame retardant coating nobody knows you know that's that's did you say nobody know yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's weird that's yeah, awesome very weird now i uh i always get this myth mixed up with another haunted painting uh-huh i've always jokingly referred to this legend as being about uh, a painting called the boy with fat hands i don't know about this uh that's because there's nothing called the boy with fat hands oh, okay i jokingly combined two different paintings without realizing ah. it. there's another painting called the hands resist him okay and i combined that with the crying boy and then made a joke about <laughs> you've got fat hands the boy with fat hands so <laughs> the hands resist him is a painting of a boy standing in a doorway with a little girl who is actually a doll, her joints, like her elbows, her knees. are so weird. She's a doll. She's yeah. like a life-size doll. And they're standing in front of a bunch of window panes. It's as if inside this house yeah. is pitch black. Right. The only thing you can see are palms pressed against the window panes behind the boy and the girl. God. It is, it is absolutely creepy. Yeah. Absolutely uh, um, sort of like there's like a lot of like emotional and foreboding. And, yeah, right. Yeah. Is this also a mass produced painting that a lot of people have? No. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say, no. like, what the hell is going on in the the art consuming world? I don't. I don't know for sure. However, it did bring us back to something that you have talked about in the past. For you see, Kristen, the hands resist him. Uh, the hands resist. Yeah, that's right. The hands resist him. Painted by Bill Stoneham. Okay. In the 1970s, uh, was sold around to different people. It was sold to this person for a time. Uh, they passed away. It was sold to that person, whatever, mm-hmm. until it eventually ended up oh, on, on eBay? eBay. Nice. In February of the year 2000, uh, where it was sold as a haunted item. Nice. Uh, according to the seller, the couple that previously owned the, uh, uh, painting, uh, they said that the painting carried some form of a curse. Their eBay description made a series of claims that the painting was cursed or haunted. Included in those claims were that the characters in the paintings moved during the night. 
Oh. And that they would sometimes leave the painting and enter the room in which it was being displayed. Oh, my God. Also included with the listing <laughs> awesome. were a series of photographs that were said to be evidence of an incident in which the female doll character threatened the male character with a gun she was holding. Oh, my God. This is the one that I will take issue with now. <laughs> the thing that's spooky about the painting is what? Let's go with like a multiple choice yeah. question. Yeah. They can move around in the painting and they're alive in there. Right. They can leave the painting and enter your room. Or two of the characters in the painting are threatening each other with guns. If you're a cursed <laughs> haunted crazy. doll thing, stick them up. Yeah, why do you need a gun? <laughs> What's going yeah. on in that painting? I don't – now this like – this demolishes everything that I felt about it to be like the doll girl's – Pointing a gun at the boy? And also, weirdly, like, none of that is possible. But I'm like, there's no gun painted into that. No, there's not a gun. (laughs) That's my problem with it. There is, like, an object, and I think people have misinterpreted it as a gun. Okay. It's like a a spool of yarn or something. (laughs) I don't know. It's like, oh. Quaint. Okay, so then it's uh, it's magical, and it's doing something based on your misinterpretation of what's going on in the painting? Right. I see what's going on. (laughs) Um. (laughs) <laughs> preposterous well do you have that picture of yourself that was like a portrait that somebody drew with like pencil i can't remember if it was when we were stuck at the airport or it's from a fair do you know what i'm talking about no no all right anyway if we can find it i i know i've seen it somewhere at moms or here recently i feel like it'd be funny to post what is it it's a pencil sketch of you that somebody did like i think that um there's one time we were at a fair well there's that <laughs> I drew this of myself. Yeah. You can't really see it. Go. Yeah, it's me with underwear on my head. <laughs> Read the thing. Will Rogers folder. It's a drawing I, I made of myself, and I have underwear on my head. Or no, I thought I had underwear on my head. I'm wrong. Uh, I'm thinking, I'm waving yeah. in a picture I drew. You can see this in the YouTube version. I'm waving, and I'm saying, where did I get this dumb hat? Oh, God. I can't let them think I'm unhappy. Gotta keep smiling. Yikes. If I had a kid that produced this art and it seems to represent some sort of like, it's unacceptable not to appear happy. Right. Is there anything? Even when something's been foisted upon you that you're not happy with, meaning this hat. Gotta keep smiling. Gotta better keep smiling. I've never felt like more exposed than, than this notion. You really called yourself out. This is, this is a brief synopsis of who I am as a person. This is like, I really think doing weekly comedy shows for seven years, being as frustrated and as annoyed and <laughs> dour and dumpy as I am, got to keep smiling. But in the moment, you're genuinely smiling during our shows. Yes, I am. Oh, God. And there is something beneath that smile. <laughs> God, so weird. I accidentally I died re- when I found that. Accidentally really admitting something about yep. yourself there, young Willie. Yep. Holy moly. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, yeah. So anyway, so this painting, uh, a disclaimer was included with the listing absolving the seller from all liability. Of course. Which is also a trope of the yep. haunted eBay listings. Yep. Kristen talked about in a previous episode. Yes. Love that. Highly recommend that episode. <laughs> so suddenly, as of the year 2000, this thing explodes in popularity. Mm-hmm. People uh, within the last decade commissioned Bill Stoneham to produce two more. Oh, man. Turning it into a series. That's amazing. Bill Stoneham must have been like, yes. Yeah. He produced a sequel and a prequel, which I think is interesting. It's not something that I typically think of in the painting 
arena, but he made a sequel where it's the boy and the doll all grown up. Oh. And he made a prequel where I think it's himself standing inside the house getting ready to paint the original. That's cool. Isn't that really nice? Yeah. Um, that's awesome. I think it's very interesting. I didn't look at the other two, so maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're also creepy. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. What I do know is this. Bill Stoneham would go on to claim that the first two owners of the Hands Resist Him each died within a year of purchasing his painting. Oh. Whoa. So he's buying into the legend yeah. as well, the yeah. creator. I mean, I can see like – you know, depending on who you are, like there's some uh, like major importance and meaning ascribed to your work then yeah. that I can see like, you know, who wouldn't want that? True. Yeah. I mean, lean into it. It's good right. for it's good for business. Right. That's totally. for a darn toot and sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, and then the final thought I would like to leave you all with. Uh, and this is uh, the first thing I thought of when Ali suggested your fo- your soul gets stolen in images. Uh-huh. Uh, the video game Luigi's Mansion. Oh. Oh, yeah. Which I love. Yes. I played for like three hours on a live stream a couple weeks back. It's up on YouTube.com yep. slash TalkBomb. That entire game is about Luigi from Mario, Mario's right. brother, uh, walking around a mansion trying to catch the portrait ghosts. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Duh. There were paintings of of ghosts yeah. that have escaped their paintings and he's walking around with a vacuum cleaner trying to get them back. That's right. And they each have their own story. Once you capture them, they're put back in the frame mm-hmm. and those Portraits are hanging in a gallery. You can walk around and visit them. Yeah. Uh, and I, I really love that concept. I think it's like a very simple but effective notion. Totally. Um, and it they find a way to, in a Nintendo game, at least for me, with my delicate, sense, sensitive sensibilities, yeah. I find it a little bit spooky. Yeah. Uh, and I really, really enjoy it. And there's yeah. a third one coming, and I'm pumped about it. When is that coming again? Probably this year. I, would oh, I thought it had a date for this year, for sure. I don't think so. Maybe they've said it already, but yeah. like I don't trust it until there's a release date. Yeah, yeah. Nintendo I think they did say something. I know for Animal Crossing there isn't a date. I think Luigi's Mansion has a month. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nintendo are really amazing. Like I think that they produce some of the best video games ever made. Yeah. And especially I saw like and I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like in the last year, like my I feel like my my enjoyment of some things has gone way high, but mm-hmm. my stress level has also gone way high. Yeah. And uh, Nintendo in particular, like not just video games anymore. Yeah. Nintendo. Bright, colorful, expressive characters are like a major decompression for Mm -hmm. me. So I'm really looking forward to that one. But what they will do is they will delay if they're not happy with the end product. Right, that's understandable. That means that the thing that comes out is going to be amazing. Yeah, right. But sometimes you have to wait a long time. Yeah. So um, that's really neither here nor there, though. (laughs) Well, (laughs) but there you go. Portrait ghosts. Awesome. Careful. Wow, what a good topic. Yeah. The next time that you get your photo taken. Yeah. See if you feel a little something leave your body. Yeah, if you can feel a little pull. Yeah. Yeah. And if you are watching this on YouTube, I wonder if maybe our uh, recorded versions of us don't exactly match the things that we did hmm. as we recorded the show. They well, probably – I'm sure they're fine. I'm sure they're fine. They probably don't have somewhat a life of their own. I'd imagine not. All right. So I'm going to bring us to a new haunted house. Well, it's an old haunted house. It's new to me. I knew nothing about this. And then CJ Wonder, who's one of our listeners, posted about it in our Facebook group. You can find that if you go to facebook.com slash groups slash GTTU pod, or you can search Guides to the Unknown Secret Society in Facebook and it'll come up. But anyway, she posted this in the group and I looked it up and it's a sweet story. It's the story of Wells House, which is in Wilkes Bar, Pennsylvania. So like not like super duper far away from us. Sure. Some people say that Wells House is worse than Amityville. 
But I think that the comparison is drawn for a few things. Like, it doesn't seem to be a one-to-one translation or anything, but there are definitely things in common. So, like, they're both suburban homes in the Northeast. Um, The Warrens came to check out both, Ed and Lorraine Warren, who are pretty famous ghost hunters. And both families that were living there fled, leaving all of their stuff behind because they just, like, had it. So, I know, which is really sweet. Um So this house is really old and it seems like ever since it was built, there were problems in the lives of either people who lived there or people who had like any sort of physical proximity to it or any sort of connection to it. So it was built in 1860 by Augustus Lanning um, and he lived there for nine years until he sold his company and he moved away. But during that time, he had like a lot of bad fortune. His factory burned to the ground and a bolt of lightning struck his barn, which his nephew and a horse were in and they oh. both died. Oh, God. I know. Um, it also said that there were odd deaths on that street when it was built. I don't know what odd means exactly, um, except that a few years later, not really during landing time, but an odd death that we do know the circumstances of is that a priest was walking by the house and dropped dead of a heart attack right in front of the house. Oh I know. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So, I feel like – is it Amity? No, isn't it – I think it's The Exorcist uh-huh. when um, – or maybe I'm just getting my wires crossed because of like scary movie too. Yeah. But there's like a priest that goes to examine one of these houses and gets chased around by flies. That's Amityville. That's Amityville. Yeah, there are like tons of flies out a window. Yeah, like you. Yeah. Most people, I guess, in this instance, would be like, "Well, you can't call the police about a ghost. Call a priest." Right. But when the priest shows up and is no, yeah, they good, have no, no authority over yeah. this thing. What are you going to do? This is almost like just like an instant home run out of the gate for this haunted plot of land. Right. It's like don't like, even try to mess. Don't even. And bother. I think this guy was just walking by. He wasn't investigating or anything. He was just like. Walking by the house, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, the house sensed that he had exactly some, some ability, sort of, like power or something, and was like, You're "Nope." Out. Yeah, You're just like out. flicked him away, which yeah. is horrible. So there's a timeline online of this house of like ownership and things like that. And it doesn't always necessarily have spooky stuff in it, but I was looking through it and there are some weird things. So it changed hands a few times and that includes one time in the 1930s when it was sold for $1. So I didn't find any information about that, but it makes you think like who wanted to get out so bad they just sold it for a dollar. It sounds like they just wanted the title to not be in their name anymore. Um, Positing just like theories that spring to my mind. One, Stephen King will sell his like stories to like indie filmmakers, college yeah. students for one dollar. Oh, really? His one dollar babies. Oh, um, I didn't know that. That's really nice. It's really nice. Two, if you're trying to sell a plot of land just to move it, mm-hmm. why not make it one free? Right. Sell it for eight hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> like there's who knows one dollar. Isn't that weird? Uh, that and that's why I get to my next point. Yeah. And I don't know anything about these people. Yeah. But um, rich people will make certain schemes with their children, where uh-huh. it's like I sold my business to my son for one dollar. So there's be taxed or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another cool dollar thing that is neither here nor there, but I just want to mention since we're talking about. <laughs> Richfield doing things for one dollar. Taylor Swift sued a DJ who grabbed her ass at a signing event for one dollar just to make a point, just to like make hmm. him go to court and just like that's cool. Yeah, it actually was very cool. Yeah. Um, and then she like donated a bunch of money to like charities and stuff. She yeah, it was very that's, cool. That's wild, yeah. Yeah, and she was like very awesome on the stand and stuff. I, it was like way respect to Taylor Swift during that moment. Right on. I feel yeah. Find about her otherwise, but when I was reading about that, I was like, Taylor Swift is a badass. Hey, I listened to 1987. I liked it a bunch. Not enough to know that it's called 1989. <laughs> Listen, 
Listen. Apparently, I like Tay Tay more than I thought. True, Actually, I do really like Taylor Swift as I say that. True Tay Tay fans call it <laughs> they eighty-seven. <know. laughs> they know. Um, okay, so you know, after it was sold for a dollar, it's also just there was just like a lot of movement with it. It was sold back and forth, and it seemed to be mainly used as a rental property. So somebody would buy it, but then they would rent it to other people. Okay, and um, the people who lived there did generally stay there for good stretches of time, but over time, and I don't know when this um measurement count was made, but what I read said that um, over the years there have been six deaths in the house and two of them were by suicide. Mm. So that seems like kind of a lot of death for a house, but at the same time, if there are a lot of renters coming in and out, maybe not. You're increasing the statistical chance of something happening in the house by having so many people coming and going. Exactly. So who knows? That sounds not good on its face, but like if you weighed that against the number of tenants, maybe it's not that shocking. Right. I don't I'm not sure. Um so then this is where a lot of the famous activity starts to come in or most infamous activity in the seventies. It's bought by the Bennett family and they're the ones who like really experienced some stuff and end up just like leaving in, you know, and leaving all of their stuff behind. So they moved in um, and lived there for either two or four years. I saw mostly references to two years and then one for four. So I thought I would reference it just in case. And this is a quote from, this was actually really weirdly hard to find, like quotes from the Bennetts about what happened. I found tons of articles where it was like the Bennetts had scary hauntings and they kind of like, they said a little bit of stuff, but they didn't really get into it. And I was like, but where are you getting this info? I want to like see it reported and hear what they had to say or whatever. So I found a website that quoted what seems to be a newspaper article, but I never found what newspaper or anything. Mm. So I'm just going to read this verbatim. Um, Walker Bennett told reporters he moved out of the property in 1978 because it was haunted. He described the ghostly figures of a well-dressed man with a cane and a girl in a nightgown, inexplicable sounds coming from the attic and walls, and bloody spots on walls and pools in the living room. Oh. I, can you imagine just like as though you like put down a napkin on something and it spreads, like bloody spots like spreading on your wall? That's not good. Not good at all. <laughs> I don't know much. No. But that's not good. No. No, not whatsoever. I guess I haven't really heard that before. Like you hear about like ectoplasm and wet spots and things like that. I think that's something in Amityville where like there were spots on the walls. Either Amityville and or uh, whatever the house is in The Conjuring 1. I can't remember. But I think that there may have been wet spots and spell – what am I trying to say? Wet spots, wet spots and dripping um, like on the walls and stuff that was like an unknown substance or something. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've heard that definitely is like a trope that right. comes back and stuff. And but like blood. I mean, honestly, like I've experienced like warm spots at the community pool. <laughs> Look, they happen, okay? They happen, you know. I, <laughs> and I'm always finding them right around me. <laughs> Other people don't seem to notice them, thank God. It's a coincidence. <laughs> yeah, a very strange coincidence. I go to the community pool and I do. Always warm I'm wearing that like me. 1920s full body <laughs> swimsuit with a towel on my shoulder. I dive into the water with a bunch of like kids and families around me to do my calisthenics. Uh, I detect a warm spot. Yeah. I feel a warm spot. I feel a warm spot. Ladies, grab your children. I think there's a ghost of foot. <laughs> Sir, we need you to leave. We know you've been created in warm spots. Is that supposed to be cool spots? Not in pools. <laughs> I actually would love to find a gym where I could do water aerobics. It sounds good. I If you can get that I've looked it frilly, up before around here. They don't have it around here. That frilly water yeah. hat. <laughs> what is that called? It's 
swimming cap. Swimming cap. Yeah. Water hat. I used to have one. I never used it though. Really? I bought like an old style like swim cap with like flowers on it. I don't I, know where it went. I didn't have the traditional college experience <laughs> where you like live in a dorm and you have to have a little bucket of your toiletries to oh go. God, thank to, God. To go. And you have to have um, for, uh, bathe yourself. Sandals. Yeah, sandals. But I always imagined myself wearing, you know, like a bathrobe and flip flops with a uh, shower cap on. A bathrobe or this robe? <laughs> yeah, this robe, my Magister Blackwell robe. Yeah. Uh, and uh, like one of those like big scrubby brushes. <laughs> Looks like a back. giant toothbrush. Yeah. <laughs> Morning, everybody. <laughs> big man on campus coming through. It's funny to, to have that as such an essential that you might bring that to college with you and everywhere. It's like a special occasion kind of thing. I like to scrub. Hard to reach areas? Not with this thing. <laughs> Check every nook, every cranny, <laughs> clean as a whistle. You can check. I got them all. <laughs> <laughs> You're the guy that makes the warm spots. <laughs> Listen, it was never proven. <laughs> You'll never get me on it. <laughs> got kicked off the swimming team. <laughs> warm spot, Willie. <laughs> Oh, okay. Bennett said he witnessed his daughter trip at the top of a steep flight of stairs in January 77 and float slow motion through the air to land on her feet at the bottom unharmed. His wife witnessed the same thing happen again a month later, he says. That's weird, right? She's a witch. Right. (laughs) She trips and then, like, that sounds funny to me. That sounds funny. And then it happened again? That sounds, yeah, it happened exactly like that again. He said he knocked down. Oh, this is awesome. He said he knocked down the wall in a back bedroom, seeking the source of strange sounds coming from that area, and discovered a tin box containing a red ribbon, human molar, and chicken bones tied together in the form of a cross. He theorized the objects were part of a voodoo curse against industrious industrialist Augustus Lanning, who built the house in the mid 1860s as part of his as part of his estate. Wow, I know it's not even our fault. Right. Right. Like we're just we're just living out the remainders of the curse. Right, exactly. We just like we're on the tail end of this, this thing. This goes all the way back to old Augustus. Right. Industrialist Augustus C. Lanning. <laughs> Bennett also found a photo of Lanning and said it was the same man who kept knocking on his door. He blamed the haunting on family illnesses and uh I guess this is written backwards a little bit. He blamed family illnesses and stress on the hauntings and brought in a ple- brought in a priest to bless the house. The Bennett family fled the house, leaving expensive electronic equipment and many other belongings in March of 78 when Walker said he awoke to a thunderous roar, even though the weather was clear. He described footsteps pounding in the attic, a rattling front door, dishes crashing in the kitchen, and the, and the cry of a child behind the wall. Wow. So then they decided to bounce. Understandably, Absolutely. that was the case. Yeah. Would, yeah. You, would you leave all your belongings Yes. Behind? Yeah. Well, most of them, I would grab like... I don't know, really expensive or really meaningful. So I'd grab like dad's urn. Yeah. Like, but yeah, I, I would bounce. If that's what was happening, if there's like thunder crashing inside my house when it's blue outside, right. a child crying, doors are slamming open and shut and there's pounding on the walls. I'm out. That doesn't mean I can't come back later, but I like that you describe fine weather as being it's blue outside. <laughs> <laughs> like it's just daytime to you. Maybe that's not my favorite kind of weather, Will. Yeah, I'll see you when it's blue outside. Um, it'll be a little orange. Maybe I don't think that's later fine. on. I like orange. <laughs> that's what's fine to me. Yeah. 
And I like a cloudy day. <laughs> See, I'd have a go bag ready with my uh, Super Nintendo Classic and all my little microchips. Maybe we should have go bags ready in case of hauntings. I'm not kidding. I, well, I was saying it the other day, like yeah. in case of fire. Yeah, basically, yeah. like important oh, yeah, documents. Or in case of other things, I suppose. Well, yeah. yeah, go bags not a bad idea. <laughs> in case of those lesser emergencies, yeah, like right. fires and right. storms or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, like I, I've I've thought about that before, like having it's everything a good thing sort to of think like about. yeah, um, not do in the event of a ghost, and mm-hmm. then like being like I'll never come back. I'd be so annoyed mm-hmm. if there was a oh, ghost here and we had to leave, and I had to flee, leaving all my belongings behind. Oh, yeah, and be like oh, I'm never going back there. I'd be so irritated. I have so much cool stuff. I would come back. I would come back. I would flee. I bet I would come back with like. <laughs> I don't even know what reinforcements. A, a canvas sack. Yeah. To sweep all your stuff. Basically, into it, basically. Like Santa. But like, have people come with me? I don't know. Maybe ghost hunters or something, or people who are like versed in these things. I would have them come back with me for some sort of backup. Maybe. Seriously. What I if guess. you walk in with a team of ghost hunters, and yeah. the second that you walk in and close the door behind you, mm-hmm. the spirit lifts all them off the ground and slams them against the walls, oh and it's God. just you. That's very scary. That just made my heart do a little thing. You thought that you were safe with right, them. Right. I had some Let's sort of help. Dispel them. Yeah, just like with a flick of the wrist. Nope. I want you. <laughs> out again. Screw it. Out. Out, I've, out, out. I've often said if I ever experience a ghost, mm-hmm. I want people I care about with me. Mm-hmm. However, if people I care about experience a ghost, yeah. I want to be as far away from them as possible. <laughs> yeah. I would hope, I would hope that, like, again, Harry's parents popping up uh, and like protecting him sometimes, I would hope that maybe like. Karen and dad and grandma and grandpa might might pop up and hold off the ghost for a second for me. Yeah, I like guess. when it priori incantatum the... is in play. Sure, you know what I mean. It depends on what the rules I are. I know though. that's the thing. I would hope, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't hold it against them if they can't. Yeah, I think there's a yeah. big theory about like the ghosts that would still be here are mm-hmm. the ones that. Right, like you don't want them to be, but maybe that's not true. We're not allowed to go anywhere. Right, else. right. Hell will not hold them. Right. <laughs> Heaven know. won't have them. Hell, Hell won't, won't hold them. them. Good line. It's a good line. World ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Never coming out. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> so then a couple of years later, the Warrens went and just did a tour of the house and uh, they didn't like it. Lorraine said that she could sense a terrible despair there and that she had the sense that there was an energy in the house that drove people to destroy their bodies while living there. Whoa. So to be destructive either through like bad habits, like with substances and things like that, or could also be referring to the suicides that had happened there. Yeah. And or I guess I should say. Destroy their bodies. I know. Isn't that a freaky way to put it? That like something is drove them to destroy their bodies. Because it also makes it sound like it could just be in subtle ways. Like people like necessar- weren't necessarily like feeling like there's a ghost haunting them, but they're just like engaging in habits that are harmful to your body. Yeah. Well, also it makes me think of, you know, like I, I you'll take off a coat when you come back inside from the cold. Mm-hmm. There's a ghost inside all of us. That's trying to destroy the body to become a spirit. Ugh. Right. Like, you know, like unzipping your, yeah. your body and peeling it off. And now you're just a ghost Ugh. standing there in the remains of your body. Yeah. Right. Yeah, totally. That's in the movie, the frighteners too. Yeah. Right. Somebody yeah. gets like their, head... I was just thinking, I was like, where am I picturing that from? Yeah. Somebody yeah. gets like their head knocked clean off their shoulders. Yeah. And in its place immediately is a silvery translucent. Right. Ghost head. Right. Also, like, again, what is with this episode? That's like Wormtail with his weird ghost hand. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're it's a right. very Harry Potter heavy episode. We haven't, I feel like Harry Potter hasn't come up all that much recently. It's true. So maybe we're just, it's coming home to roost now. Yeah. 
Um, so then there wasn't anything that's super spooky that happened for a little while. A woman named Catherine Watkins bought the house in the early 80s and she lived there until she died in, in uh, 2012. But what's crazy is it's not that things, I shouldn't say super spooky things didn't happen. Catherine Watkins wasn't really bothered by them. She was aware of the house's reputation for being haunted when she bought it, but she told reporters who asked her about it because there were like all kinds of articles like this haunted house is up for sale again, whatever. Like anytime there was like a changing of hands, it'd be like haunted house has been bought. She told reporters she wasn't afraid of ghosts. She didn't say, I don't believe in this. I'm not worried. She was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not afraid of it. It's, it's fine. So it seems like it was a good thing that she was ready for them because she told her neighbor and friend, Betsy Summers, who plays in a little bit more later, that her family did experience stuff when they lived there. Um, the bed shook, objects were moving and lights and the TV would just shut off when everything was fine with the power. So isn't that crazy to think that she just, this happened and she just accepted it. She didn't care. There was ghostly activity, but she was like, yeah, it's a thing. And I'll live here for like 30 something years. Right. Is it not that that's an option? It's a bold move that says to the ghosts, Mm -hmm. it's like training a dog. Yeah. Right. Don't, don't give it the reaction they want. Right. Right. And maybe you can live with it. Right. It's crazy. I just never have heard of that as an option that somebody was just like, not saying like, yeah, I moved in and nothing happened. I don't know what people are talking about. But they moved in and be like, yeah, it happened to me too. But guess what? I don't care. Well, I you have do heard, that? like, I, I have known people that, um, like in the town we used to live in here mm-hmm. in New Jersey, I knew people. I've always been into spooky stuff and mm-hmm. I used to get, I used to ask people to give me more information about this and they were all kind of like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. There was a family of a kid that I went to high school with that, claimed that they lived with a ghost oh. that their their house was haunted and they lived there and when something weird happens they'd be like oh that's just old jasper yeah whatever the hell and i would always be like well what do you mean like yeah. what do you how frequently does this occur what do you know about it are you kidding right. is it your explanation for when just something inexplicable happens right like weird things happen all the time doesn't sure. mean it was a ghost that did it so is it like you're explaining away like you know, a glass fell of its own accord and smashed. Right. And just be like, oh, a ghost did that. That was probably just old, uh, you know, Nicholas. Right. Um, or is it like, no, we truly believe the house is haunted and we're just, you know, what are you going to do about it? Right. I always wanted to know more. I never got an answer. But I feel like that is a thing that I hear about people doing. And now that you say that, I I can't remember if it's you telling me that story at some point, that ringing a bell. Or like, I feel like there has been someone else in my life who's like, oh, yeah, my aunt's house is haunted and they're just kind of like casual about it like yeah you know it happens sometimes whatever and it's like what do you mean yeah Why what do you, you mean out about this Can we, let's unpack this a little yeah. bit yeah <laughs> like what do you how can you casually say that it's, it's not insane there are bigger ramifications yeah. than just like yeah well it's just ha- i don't know it's just haunted yeah you know, and Get like, my what do you mean how can you not be giving me more exactly so then when Catherine Watkins passed away, her neighbor, Betsy Summer, um, worked with her family to kind of help sell the house and to decide to do with what they had inside and everything. Or no, I'm right. I'm saying that wrong. I'm sorry. Um, decided to help the family sell the house and they decided to work with what they had, which is that it's known as a haunted house. So they advertised it as an authentic haunted house and they got some action from it. Um, the family thought that like, if it didn't sell, they might just turn it into a haunted B and B themselves and just like keep rolling with its reputation. Um, and Betsy said that she went into the house here and there to just make sure everything was secure while they were doing the selling process. And she said, quote, I try to get in and out and ignore any noises I hear. So I guess stuff was still happening. And Betsy was just like, all right, I got to do my thing and make sure the house is, you know, safe and everything. Yeah. 
So it ended up being purchased by a ghost hunter. It's a guy named Tim Woods of a website called LiveSciFi.tv. And so this was a few years ago. This was in like 2013. They set up live streams. They do like long live streams, like 24-hour live streams of investigations. And they found EVPs. They found mysterious lights and like weird EMF activity. And you can check it all out on that site if you go to it. Um, but they're not active anymore doing that. And I didn't find any reference to the new owner of the house or anything. But it's apparently boarded up. And the website that Tim Woods started specifically about the house, which is wellshouse.com, is um, up for grabs now. It's just oh, like wow. a closed down domain. Oh, right. So I feel like they got like what they wanted from the house. And I think my impression is that maybe Tim Woods still owns it, but it's just boarded up. Just because I had that timeline of like owners and everything, and I didn't see anything after him. But also it doesn't seem like there's been a whole lot of new news about this house for the last few years. Except – for this, and this is crazy. So this is the most recent news about the Wells house. In 2018, a witness on the street called the police because they saw somebody trying to pry the boards off of the house to get in. Oh, boy. The police came, and they found a 33-year-old man with a 24-inch sword strapped to his back, <laughs> bladed brass knuckles. I don't even know what that is. I've never heard of that before, but it doesn't sound good. A pocket knife a Bible and a crown Royal, like, you know, from like that liquor or whatever, like the bag it right. comes in that purple bag, a crown Royal bag of shotgun shells. Um, the reason he was there to hunt ghosts. Shut up. No. So he had all that stuff with him for his ghost hunting purposes. Uh, just alone. Yeah. Yeah. They found the gun that would match the shells stashed behind the house. And uh, I wrote unorthodox ghost hunting tools, but we all have our quirks. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. There's so much to that. that Yeah. He was alone? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. That's scarier. Yeah. Yeah. In a way. In a few ways. Than anything else. I I really don't mean like, okay, that pretty – you know, that's yeah. pretty scary. You're so weird. It's so spooky. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. like, I find it genuinely scary yeah, that it's... there would be somebody breaking into a house by themselves. Right. Not for anything. Granted, mm-hmm. my entire filtration system is like, oh, you're going to do something? Yeah. Turn it into a show. Right. That's like the way my brain is oriented. Right, but it is weird. Like, th- I mean, maybe they just didn't mention it, but I feel like they would have. He didn't have ghost hunting equipment. I mean, like, you know, like an EVP thing or yeah. a monitor. He just had like physical weapons. So that makes it sound like he was literally ghost hunting. It sounds like somebody who is right. Like privately like suffering right. from some sort of a delusion right. alone in an abandoned house mm-hmm. swinging a sword around. Like I find that uh scary in that emotional way, not scary in that like That's what I meant. How alarming, scary like, in like a few ways. Like yeah. it's like a sad story. It's very yeah, yeah. it's it's sad. Yeah. That, that's very odd. Mhm. Mhm. And that's the most recent news about the Wells House. Oh, boy. I know. Oh, boy. I wonder if even the ghosts are like – I was thinking about restructuring it, but I was like, well, if I'm talking about the beginning with Augustus Lanning, I may as well go chronological. That's when, as a ghost, you wish you you could call the police. Yeah, Yeah, those ghosts need protection, maybe. I've been haunting this house for decades, but there's a guy trying to get in. This girl almost fell down the stairs twice, and I helped her float to the bottom. I'm not hurting no one. That's a great point. Sure, I squirt some blood through the walls every once in a while, but I can't help it. It's like a bodily function. Yeah. It's a bodily function of the haunted house. That's interesting. Yeah, we fart. The haunted house. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's a misinterpretation of like very 
natural right. ghost behavior. Maybe it would say, excuse me if it could. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Maybe it's benign. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. Wow, what a wild story. We never know. heard of this before. Me neither. So thank you very much, CJ. I'd thank never you, heard CJ. of it before. That's yeah. awesome. Totally. The Wells House. The Wells House. Wow. So that Wells, that's it. Wells. This episode of Guides to the Unknown. I guess that's that. <laughs> Thank you guys for hanging out. We really appreciate it. We hope that you had fun. Um, we would also really appreciate it if you could leave us a review anywhere that you listen to the show or on Facebook. That'd be really awesome because that gives us like, uh, I guess you would say clout for like people looking at reviews. Like, oh, other people like this show. It's not just some like randos who suck. So it'd be really helpful if you could do that. Um, we would also super appreciate it if you wanted to give us a tip on patreon.com slash talk bomb. You can set up for any amount monthly or you can even set up a one-time donation. And it's just like a nice little way to like throw us whatever and say thank you for the entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, Blackwood, mm-hmm. the show I wrote, just recently got a one-star review. Ah, very good. Uh, looked at it and it was because nothing new has been released Come on. But so like, they gave it a one-star review. It implies that they liked it and they right, want exactly. more. So they gave it a one-star review. That's and, not going to help. No, and drops the overall rating of the show that they like. That's not going to help. Okay, that's not how reviews work. No, and that's an extreme <laughs> example, and it has nothing yes. to do with this show. Support the things but, you like. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes, but it, it's, as you know, it makes a really big difference when you support the things that you like. Yes, even yeah. as I baby step into aspects of the entertainment industry mm. i'm learning things that i think are kind of obvious that i should have known previously yeah even if there's like a major company that is backing a show you like oh yeah you need to be vocal about it and tell people <laughs> yes. about it and express your enjoyment of it and the fact that you want more yeah that's something i think i didn't really know yes yeah people are paying attention to that stuff yeah and it matters it affects whether things go on or not spread the word as wide as you can right so even tell colgate that you like their toothpaste or something because somebody came up with that toothpaste flavor yes who wants it to keep going right and it might go away right um so yeah do that uh uh, uh, with shows that you like in general, do yep. that with Blackwood. Do that with shows like Ghosts in the Burbs, yes. Liz Sauer. Yep, I'm drinking uh, out of my Ghosts in the Burbs coffee mug. Yes, and do that with Guide to the Unknown. Yes. Um, uh, I've got to get better at doing that myself, quite frankly. I do too. I've been better at it, but not amazing at it. Yeah. I go through spurts while I sit down. I'm like, let me write a bunch of reviews for like a bunch of things that I like, but I should try to do a little bit more consistently. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I think I got to do that. Yeah, I knock it some feels stuff really out. good to do. Yeah. Especially um, when we're asking for stuff and we know how much it matters. Yeah. I'm like, well, I want to like, I, I know how, what a big deal it is. And I want to like do that for other people. Right. Yeah. Granted, nobody is in charge of the destiny of Guide to the Unknown, but No, us. no, no. We're not like, there's no stakes. We're just happening to talk about this right now. The buck stops well, I mean, here. Stakes, you know what I mean? There are definitely stakes though. Yeah. But no, I mean like not immediate. Like, yeah, we're just talking. About yeah, it. exactly. Yeah. Uh, but if you want more of Guide to the Unknown, stay in the universe, follow at GTTU pod mm-hmm. on all social media. And you can even talk to Kristen and myself online. That's right. I'm at Chillin' Kristen on Instagram. I'm at Haunted Sponge. So uh, as you're listening to this, Kristen is wrapping up her vacation adventure yeah, yeah. in Buffalo, New York, and then Toronto, Canada. That's right. Um, and uh, we'll be back next week for more spooky fun. Mm-hmm. But until that time comes. Did you forget it? I almost said good talk, gang. Oh, really? Remember I started, I I, I was like, hello, welcome to Book Club Schmuck Club like a month ago or something. That's so weird. It's been so long. I know. I got to go back to the netherworld. Yeah. Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye.
It'd be awesome if there was a house that was being built and they were like, oh, it's a brand new house on a brand new plot of land. We could really sell this if it was like haunted or something. We got we to gotta find a way to get ghosts into this house. That's a good idea. Nobody's got stories about trying to make a haunted house. No. Wait. What is The Frighteners about again? The Frighteners is about uh, – uh, The Frighteners is such a brilliant oh, idea. Michael J. Fox is a paranormal investigator. Uh, he can he can see ghosts, but yeah. he's also a fraud. Right, right. People he will he's got two friends that are ghosts. They're actually ghosts. Yeah, yeah. He can send them to people's houses, haunt the hell out of them, and then go fix it. And then go fix it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's right. And and then uh, he's been living this fraud lifestyle. It's been you know successful for you know his yeah purposes. He's like a sad guy. Yeah, who just like doesn't need that much. Doesn't yeah. need that much. Um, and then something that truly requires his abilities starts happening. Right. That's right. Like what oh, a so what good. a genius idea. I know. That's Peter Jackson. I know. That's Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah. totally. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Also great use of Don't Fear the Reaper. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you're totally right. I should watch it again. I feel like I watched it not too long ago. Well, I mean, that's very relative. Yeah. In the last few years or something. But. I remember watching it a lot when I was younger, a yeah. lot. And then I remember somewhat recently as an adult watching it and being like, this is a long movie. I remember being I like, this remember. is like two, two and a half hours or something like oh, that. Oh, really? I was like, I don't know if it needs to be this long. Yeah. But there's some things in that movie that are amazing. Oh, totally. Yeah. That's a sweet movie. Yeah. 